inevitably, Bertie makes a hash of things, and for 200-odd pages he gets himself into some tightish spots from which he's rescued by the ingenuity, downright cunning and bravura of Jeeves. We rejoin them at chapter 22. Jeeves applies for a situation. The sunlight poured into the small morning room of Chuffnell Hall. It played upon me, sitting at a convenient table. On Jeeves, hovering in the background, on the skeletons of four kippered herrings, on a coffee pot, and on an empty toast rack. I poured myself out the final drops of coffee and sipped thoughtfully. Recent events had set their seal upon me, and it was a graver, more mature Bertram Worcester, who now eyed the toast rack and, finding nothing there, transferred his gaze to the man in attendance. Who's the cook at the hall now, Jeeves? A woman of the name of Perkins, sir. She dishes up a nifty breakfast. Convey my compliments to her. Very good, sir. I touched the cup to my lips. All this is rather like the gentle sunshine after the storm, Jeeves. Extremely like, sir. Quite a storm, what? Very trying at times, sir. Trying is the mot juste, Jeeves. I was thinking of my own trial at that very moment. I flatter myself that I'm a strong man, Jeeves. I'm not easily moved by life's untoward happenings, but I'm bound to confess that it was an unpleasant experience coming up before Chuffy. I was nervous and embarrassed. A good deal of the awful majesty of the law about old Chuffy. I didn't know he wore horn-rimmed spectacles. When acting as justice of the peace, invariably, I understand, sir. I gather that his lordship finds that they lend him confidence in his magisterial duties. Well, I think someone ought to have warned me. I got a nasty shock. They change his whole expression, make him look just like my Aunt Agatha. It was only by reminding myself that he and I had once stood in the same dock together at Bow Street, charged with raising cane on boat race night, that I was enabled to maintain my sang-froid. However, the unpleasantness was short-lived. I must admit he rushed things through nice and quickly. He soon settled Dobson's hash, what? Yes, sir. Rather severe reprimand, I thought. Well phrased, sir. And Bertram dismissed without a stain on his character. Yes, sir. But with Police Sergeant Vold firmly convinced that he's either an inveterate souse or a congenital loony, possibly both. However, I proceeded, turning from the dark side, it's no use worrying about that. Very true, sir. The main point is that once again you've shown that there is no crisis which you are unable to handle. A very smooth effort, Jeeves. Exceedingly smooth. I could have effected nothing without your cooperation, sir. Oh, tush, Jeeves. I was a mere pawn in the game. Oh, no, sir. Oh, yes, Jeeves. I know my place. But there's just one thing. Don't think for a moment that I want to detract from the merit of your performance, but you did have a bit of luck, what? Sir? Well, that cable happening to come along in what you might call the very nick of time. A fortunate coincidence. Oh, no, sir. I had anticipated its rival. What? In the cable which I dispatched to my friend Benstead in New York the day before yesterday, 
I urged him to lose no time in transmitting the message again, which formed the body of my communication. You don't mean to say. Immediately after the rift had occurred between Mr. Stoker and Sir Roderick Glossop, involving, as it did, the former's decision not to purchase Chaffnall Hall, and the consequent unpleasantness to his lordship and Miss Stoker, the dispatching of the cable to Benstead's suggested itself to me as a possible solution. I surmised that the news that the late Mr. Stoker's will was being contested would lead to a reconciliation between Mr. Stoker and Sir Roderick. And there's nobody contesting the will, really. No, sir. And what about when old Stoker finds out? I feel convinced that his natural relief will overcome any possible resentment at the artifice. And he has already signed the necessary documents relating to the sale of Chaffnall Hall. So that even if he's as sick as mud, he can't do a thing? Exactly, sir. I fell into a moody silence. Apart from astounding me, this revelation had had the effect of engendering a poignant anguish. I mean to say, the thought that I'd let this man get away from me, that he was now in Chuffy's employment, and that there was a fat chance of Chuffy ever being chump enough to put him into circulation again. Well, dash it, you can't say it wasn't enough to shove the iron into the soul. It was with something of the spirit of the old aristocrat mounting the tumbrel that I forced myself to wear the mask. Cigarette, Jeeves. He produced the box, and I puffed in silence. Might I ask, sir, what you intend to do now? I came out of the reverie. Eh? Now that your cottage is burnt down, sir, is it your purpose to take another in this neighbourhood? I shook the head. No, Jeeves, I shall return to the metrop. To your former apartment, sir? Yes, but I anticipated the question. I know what you're going to say, Jeeves. You're thinking of Mr. Manglehofer, of the Honourable Mrs. Tinkler Mulk and Lieutenant Colonel J.J. Bustard. But circumstances have altered since I was compelled to take the firm stand I did in regard to their attitude towards the old Banjalele. From now on, there'll be no friction. My Banjalele perished in the flames last night, Jeeves. I shall not buy another. No, sir. No, Jeeves. The zest has gone. I should not be able to twang a string without thinking of Brinkley. And the one thing I do not wish to do till further notice is think of that man of wrath. You are not intending to retain him in your employment, then, sir? Retain him in my employment? After what has occurred? After finishing first by the shortest of heads in the race with him and his carving knife, I, I do not so intend, Jeeves. Stalin, yes, Al Capone, certainly, but not Brinkley. He coughed. Then, as there is a vacancy in your establishment, sir, I wonder if you would consider it a liberty if I were to offer my services. I upset the coffee pot. You said, what, Jeeves? 
I ventured to express the hope, sir, that you might be agreeable to considering my application for the post. I should endeavour to give satisfaction, as I trust I have done in the past. But I would not wish, in any case, to continue in the employment of his lordship, sir, now that he is about to be married. I yield to no one in my admiration for the many qualities of Miss Stoker, but it has never been my policy to serve in the household of a married gentleman. Why not? It's merely a personal feeling, sir. See what you mean. Psychology of the individual. Precisely, sir. And you really want to come back with me? I should esteem it a great privilege, sir, if you would allow me to do so, sir, unless you are thinking of making other plans. It is not easy to find words in these supreme moments, if you know what I mean. What I mean is you get a moment like this, supreme as you might say, with the clouds all cleared away and the good old sun buzzing along on all six cylinders and you feel, well, I mean, dash it. Oh, thank you, Jeeves, I said. Not at all, sir. The end.